0: Yo! You are now tuned into the sounds of Imperfect Dads, a parenting podcast. This is Dash. As you could tell from our custom sounder today, we're inducting another dad into our Seahorse Society. These dads are guys that we think are parenting in unique, different, or creative ways, so we want to sit down and chat with them and let you in on what they have to offer. Today's dad is one of Swy's friends. His name's Matt, and he's an American who's parenting his kids abroad in Ireland. This is an opportunity for us to hear about what it's like to raise kids in a different culture and some of how that translates to raising kids here in an increasingly diversifying United States of America. Thanks for joining us today. Enjoy the conversation.
1: Hey Matt, thanks for joining us today. We are thrilled that you could uh, make this technological connection all the way across the Atlantic.
2: I'm happy to be here.
1: So Matt, as you heard on the intro, uh, is raising his three children in Ireland, which is both an extraordinarily different culture and also very similar in that uh, English is prevalent and it it doesn't have quite all of the same uh, challenges that would come from moving to a completely uh, foreign culture. But Matt, I was wondering what it looked like when you moved your family. Uh, how, did, how did you guys enter into a different culture? What was that like?
2: Well, we had the the, the opportunity to really do it twice, um, which I think was, was good for us. Um, so we fir- when we first moved in 2008, uh, our kids were 5 and 18 months. And so, like, the 18-month-old is just you're dealing more with the physical of physical issues of, of sleep schedules and feeding schedules and all that kind of stuff. And the five-year-old is the one who's kind of in the middle of, you know, he had friends and you're trying to adjust to, you know, new relationships, new ways of making relationships. Um, And at at that age, like there's some, you can kind of tell the kids that there's going to be differences, but not, Um, you can't really explain the differences and going from the United States to Ireland is weird because the, like you said, there's a lot of overlap, you know, English language, Western culture. Um, but there's different ways of making relationships here. And, uh, it's a, it's a shame based, um, uh, face-saving culture. So you kind of have to deal with the stuff of, like, if you do something wrong and offend somebody, they don't let you know. You know, they're not going to get angry. They're not going to, you know, um, they just kind of keep it in because if they got angry that, you know, then they lose face. And um, so there's all those things going on, but you can't explain that to, like, a five-year-old and definitely not to an 18-month-old. Um, and I mean, one of the, one of the funny things that kind of happened first was, uh, our oldest son was really into VeggieTales at the time and kind of the main VeggieTales character that he liked was the superhero cucumber, Larry boy. And Larry boy had this helmet that he wore with two big, you know, toilet plunger ears. Um, So we actually like bought our son, uh, a toilet plunger to play with, um, which he thought was awesome, you know, (laughs) and, you know, we were walking through, you know, uh, a hardware store here and he saw the plunger and, you know, and in those first couple of weeks, you're just like, I will do anything to keep these kids happy. Um, uh, so he's he would run around outside with this toilet plunger that he would play with, pretending to be Larry boy, and the Irish kids just had no concept. They're like, you know, why is this weird American kid running around with a toilet plunger um, but we were we were actually lucky to have um, some good cultural uh, cultural guides so it was an Irish family. That was that we knew through some friends um, that were that were going to be going overseas themselves. So they were they were going to North Africa, and they were so they were aware of like oh we'll have to do the cultural adjustment. So they were actually very intentional about helping us adjust,
1: hmm.
2: and so that helped a lot of just them you know, being able to honestly say, oh, you know, when you did this thing, that wasn't great, or, you know, that was, you know, when you did this, it was really good. And so that was, because most people just don't get that feedback um, here. You know, they just, you know, the the resentment just builds up over time. Um, So so that helps. Um, You look for, uh, when you're trying to, to adjust, you're kind of looking for landmarks that you can, or coat hangers, you know, that you can say, oh, well, this is, that kind of help you translate to say, oh, I know what this thing means, or I know what that thing means. Um, Hmm. uh, So.
1: So how did that help the second time then?
2: So the second time, well, it was actually, it was, so we were in Ireland for two years, then we came back to the States for two years, and then we went back to Ireland. And so it was that kind of crossing back and forth. When we went back to the States, we are kind of, we are still in that, that learning phase of cultural adjustment. And so it was, it was easier for us to understand American culture. Um, and so we kind of, we were looking at American culture as a foreign culture and. the, You know, in that time, you know, like we came back with a third child um, and the older two were were a little bit older, a little bit more aware. And so they were starting to be able to identify, not just knowing that it's different, but being able to identify differences. Um, And so we'd already made some of the mistakes and had some successes that we were able to adjust
1: So what were some of the differences that you and your kids noticed, uh, particularly the, the
2: second time that you came back? Well, for our oldest son, he, he, did two, he did a year of school, two years of school in Ireland. And then when we came back to the States, he had to transition to the American school system. And so he struggled with, um, they actually teach math differently between the two school systems. And so he really struggled with math uh, for about six months um, while we were back. Uh, and so it was – so those were the things he, he noticed, like how school is different, how you engage with the teachers is completely different. Um, in Ireland, they give you a ton of homework, and the school system we were in in the States, they didn't do any homework. Um, so it, it, it's things like that. Um, I. You know, he noticed that that people and kids are louder in America. Um, you know that they just normal speaking volume is louder. Uh, huh. So it, it's things like that, and, and just kind of noticing the way different people interact. That's
1: fascinating. That's fascinating. The uh, you know ability to approach um, American culture as outsiders, having come back. That's a that's kind of a fascinating perspective to see that not a lot of people would get a chance to do
2: yeah yeah and it was uh i mean probably for him for our oldest he was the one where it was like i can't wait to get back to ireland like he he just those two years in school in ireland made him feel more like an irish kid Hmm. um you know he loved the fact that he knew a little bit of Irish Gaelic um, were cool for him. You know, he had, he really loved that.
1: Yeah. So then uh, after being back in the United States for a couple of years, uh, what was it like re-entering Ireland for a second
2: time? It was like the, for those first few months where you're really living in the, the stress of adjustment of adjustment. Like that's, that's the main thing is it's is it's really, you're dealing with all the physical adjustment stuff. Um, you know, trying to get over being hungry at three in the morning and things like that. Um, uh, boy, I remember like the first couple of weeks we were there. Um, our daughter woke up. Yeah. Like two or three in the morning, just couldn't get back to sleep. So she and I laid in bed in her bed, Watching the first Avengers movie, um, and she was so hungry. But I'm trying not to give her food because that just you know perpetuates the the uh, um, them wanting you know being hungry at that time wakes you up and anyway. So it's you know the first few months you're getting over those those physical things, but you kind of know what to expect with um, uh, with people you know, you kind of know how people are going to respond. Sure.
1: Did you experience the same amount of like culture shock the second time?
2: Not as much. um, Because we, you know, we kind of knew those things, you know, um, uh, like, um, people will be more, would be more aggressive over email than they would be in person. Um, and so if you can kind of get to uh, get to somebody, t- you know, talking to them face to face is always a lot easier than doing things over email, you know, like, because they're, they're more, uh, they kind of engage that face saving thing more um, in those, you know, in a, in a face to face conversation. Um you know, we were having some issues with uh, we were, we stayed in a short term rental the first few weeks while we were there, and we, ha- we were having some trouble with the landlord. And um, when we finally got him face to face, then he was like, "All like, oh yeah, you know, I'll t- I'll take care of that thing." And like his his dryer was broke, and it ripped apart some of our clothes. Um, and so we're like, "Listen, we need you know <laughs> your dryer ate." a bra you know we gotta get money for that um uh so anyway uh but yeah it's it's those kind of knowing what to expect and then you know <clears throat> it still takes time to train your um train yourself to respond back you know um
1: sure to speak the language i mean in a metaphorical sense to speak the same language right even though, exactly even though both were english obviously
2: yeah yeah and just um uh you know and, and i think as americans we're more assertive we're more aggressive not in a bad way but just you know this is this is how we've been raised to be and realizing that people in other countries are not raised that same way and so you you realize you you kind of come into the situation you know You know to kind of take control of the situation or whatever and it totally puts people on the wrong foot and you know um uh and they're not prepared for that um so you have to kind of go into situation be like okay i want to you know be in charge of this situation you know whether it's a business business dealing or or you know a situation where you need to to be in control um but you're still kind of having to deal with um, kind of how do I come at this in a in a more passive way, but where I'm still um, maintaining control of the situation, you know, and, and learning those things takes a little more a little bit more time. Yeah.
1: Um, so you you mentioned kind of how your kids understood uh. You know that different people were raised differently in different cultures, uh, especially now. I mean, your your kids are what sixteen? The oldest?
2: Yeah, 16, 12, and nine. Yeah,
1: so I mean, obviously the oldest, especially, but the other two have have been in multiple cultures to realize how different uh, different people are raised differently. Um, how has that uh, How has that affected your children? in a way that would maybe be different than someone who had never experienced people being raised in a different culture.
2: Yeah. It's, it's really interesting, um, to see how they each handle it in different ways. Um, our oldest is kind of a shy extrovert. Um, he likes being around people, but he's not necessarily going to be the life of the party Um, and our middle is, is different in that she, um, uh, when she feels comfortable with people, she, you know, she likes attention. She likes to, you know, be silly and, you know, show off for people. Um, but if she's around new people or in school, she's super shy. Um, and so they each kind of respond differently to those things. Um, You know, they, they are, they're all kind of drawn to kids from other cultures and they have far more sensitivity to, um, uh, kids from, from other kids who are outside of, of the Irish culture. So the, like the school our, our youngest two children go to, um, has a lot of, uh, non-irish people in it and so it, they really get on well with uh with some of those other kids um, which is really interesting um we had a birthday party for our daughter here a few years ago and i think we counted nine out of out of 10 kids or out of 11 kids there were nine different nationalities you know so it's yeah <laughs> uh to just see our kids in the middle of you know this this crazy mix of, of people um, but they they understand those other kids better um,
1: sure they're but, all outsiders together
2: yeah exactly
1: yeah and that's good that they could be in a school where you know there is a heavy immigrant population where there is a lot of nationalities represented it probably makes them feel a lot less like an outsider <laughs> if everyone's on the outside yeah
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think there is, I mean, there's always this tension when you move into a new culture. Um, like we didn't have the option of a American school or an international school here. Like it was just the local school system. Um, you know, whereas some people going to another part of the world may have that option. And so their kids will, will be in an international school or, or an American school existing in this other place. Um, Uh, and so there there's this tension between you know do we worry about our our children enculturating into a a home into the host culture or are they indoctrinated or not indoctrinating um uh, are they enculturating into you know a different culture altogether um that's not related to the host culture um but you know we want our kids to think beyond, you know, Americanness or Irishness, and to kind of understand a global, um, a global context uh, and that they won't be limited, I think. I mean, we all, the reality is we all just kind of make this stuff up as we go along. You know, we try and be intentional about the experiences that we're having and how we want our kids to engage. But sometimes you're just kind of dealing with issues on the fly, you know, like going back to to earlier where I said, you know, our oldest son had a toilet plunger that he played with. Um, He accidentally hit a little girl in the neighborhood with the toilet plunger because he had, you know, he threw it. Um, And so the mom is like yelling at us, like your son hit our daughter with a toilet plunger. Why does he even have a toilet plunger? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. because of course she didn't comprehend that we would buy him a brand new toilet plunger that would just be his toy toilet plunger. Right. Mm. You know, this is, uh,
1: so Matt, what advice would you have for parents who, even though we may not all be entering into third culture situations like you did, um, what, what advice would you have for parents that, uh, would like to raise their kids with some sort of empathy or understanding toward, uh, particularly, Uh, you know, with your experience, people of other cultures and ethnicities, like what does, what does that look like um, for the rest of us? What advice would you give us?
2: I think a big thing is just look for opportunities to give your kids a broader, broader experiences. Um, You know, whether it's, it's eating at an ethnic restaurant or if you have the opportunity to, um, uh visit a visit a, a church of a different culture or just looking for ways to, to get those bigger experiences. I mean because even going um, uh, to different parts of the US, you'll get the experience of you cross you don't cross as big of cultural lines, but there are big cult- there are noticeable cultural lines within the US. And so just getting those, getting those different experiences. Um, uh, When I was a kid, we went to visit an aunt and uncle in Western New York. And so just, you know, being with another family, you know, we got that, um, we kind of got that experience of, oh, like, these people are like us, but still different. Um, And so there are ways to have those, to have those kind of, they're not massive cross-cultural experiences, but they are significant and kind of highlighting them. Um, but it's really being intentional um, with where you go and what you do. Uh, and I think in, um, uh, within a lot of the cities in the U.S. now, like there are opportunities to see and experience different cultures um, if we look for them. Um, what, I mean, when I was growing up, uh, in Appleton, Wisconsin, like there was a large Hmong population. And so, you know, we had, we had kids coming into our schools who had recently immigrated, um, uh, from Southeast Asia. And so they didn't speak English. They didn't. And so that was formative. Um, uh, you know, and I know you know, Milwaukee, Chicago, Minneapolis, like those cities do have significant immigrant populations now. And so it's possible to, to find, um, yeah, different experiences, uh, within those cultures.
1: Hmm. Would you have any, um, would you have any resources or books or anything that you would uh, recommend for the, for the rest of us?
2: Yeah, there's some, uh, there's a really good book. I think it's actually called third culture kids. Um, uh, there's a lot of great books on, um, uh, there's a, there's a series called culture shock. Um, you know, so there's like culture shock, Ireland, culture shock, France, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, that if you are going to be going overseas that you can find someone else has been there before you, um, And so that helps, I think, reading stories of, um, uh, I think a number of books have come out in the last few years of stories of, of immigrants, of what it's like to, to move from, you know, uh, Iraq to the U S or, you know, the, these stories are being told. And so, so find those stories. And if there isn't a children's version, you know, be able to describe, um, to your children, uh, what it's like for somebody going to a different place. You know, if, if uh, if you live in the Northern part of the U S what would it be like to move from a desert to, um, the freezing cold, you know, how do you, um, you know, to go from some place where you never need more than a t-shirt and shorts to move to a place where you need a parka, you know, um having those simple conversations. Uh, one of the big things, um, one of the big things for me and helping our children to adjust is that we treated them like what we were doing was normal life. So, you know, we, we kind of addressed the difficulties and the challenges, um, you know, and we we went to McDonald's, you know like we we didn't deprive our children and when we we realized that there was they were facing an unusual difficulty, you know we acknowledged that and did it, but we didn't treat them like like we were torturing them you know we treated we treated them like what they were going through was normal life you know there are other people who move around the world for different reasons um, and so this was a kind of normal and it kind of keeps the kids from 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 having a woe is me mentality, you know, that they're they're thinking, oh, you know, my horrible parents have dragged me halfway around the world and I don't want to be here and all this stuff. You know, we treated them like, you know, they were part of of what we were doing. And um it, it helps that I within my work, you know, I can give them Especially those first few years could give them the extra attention, Um, you know, and uh, and we highlighted like, um, you know, the we went and and spent a few days uh, down in in Kerry, which is in the southwest part of Ireland, and we could see the island where part of uh, the recent Star Wars movies were were filmed, and so we look, you know, we're looking across the the sea at this island um talking about Star Wars and and we were able to, you know, show our kids, you know, like, your friends back in America never get to see this. Um, you know, like this is amazing. This is a once in a lifetime, you know, for you it's every day. For your friend for your friends back home, it's once in a lifetime. Oh, cool. Once in a lifetime. And so we kind of highlight those that there are within the pain um, you know, of not having grandparents and aunts and uncles around. Um, uh, within the pain of that, we also we have some extraordinary um, experiences that we get to share with them, you know, and we kind of point those out. Uh, you know,
1: yeah. there's not a
2: lot of old stuff to see in Wisconsin or Kansas or wherever, um, you know, and, and we'll, you know, drive past remnants of a, of a uh, you know, Sixth century monastery or something, you know, like, you know, they don't have that in America. (laughs) So, so it's kind of like, it is acknowledging kind of the, the frustrations and the hard times. And I mean, we've, we've been lucky in that our children at school have never been severely bullied. You know, they've been teased and kind of had a hard time, but haven't gone through hard, really, difficulties at school. Um, we have some American friends here who, you know, they're for whatever reason, the schools they were in are, um, their children had a harder time, you know? And so that, that plays into it too. So you don't ignore the difficulties. Um, you don't just tell the kids to suck it up, but, um, you don't want them to to feel like they're, they're having it worse off in the world. Um, uh and then we we do get to do some great things you know
1: thanks for thanks for sharing your time and your expertise if you could call it that <laughs> at least <laughs> at least your experience um it's really helpful and uh i think can be uh really informative especially as you know a lot of listeners in the united states are going to start having if they haven't already having a lot of immigrant kids uh in the same schools as their kids. And I I think that it's really important to learn some of the experiences. And as you said earlier, to like let them share their voice, uh, but also to just be able to experience some uh, or be able to show some empathy uh, toward these stories that are, that are coming out that are different than ours. So thank you so much for your, for your time and for your uh, willingness to share with us today, Matt.
0: No problem. I'm always happy to chat. Being a new independent podcast is tough in that you need to have a certain level of engagement to get more attention from search engines and apps. If you like what you hear, you could help us tremendously by going to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts and giving us a rating. Seriously, it really helps.
1: Rating us on Uber does not help, but if you decide to try, please give us five stars for cleanliness and good music selection.
0: Imperfect Dads was created by Ben Swyhart and Christian Dashiel. We also wrote, produced, and edited this episode. We did everything except for the music.
1: Big ups to the Passion Hi-Fi and all of the music on this episode. Check out thepassionhifi.com to hear the selection of beats and instrumentals he has available for free and for sale.
0: Thanks for listening. And thanks for the memories. Catch you on the flip.